Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of oncogenes found under the oncology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a general overview. Remember that the mechanism is through a gain-of-function mutation in a proto-oncogene. Due to the novel protein function, only one allele change is needed for neoplasia. Categories of proto-oncogenes include growth factor overproduction growth factor receptor upregulation, such as the HER2 or new receptor, a signal transducer, such as RAS, and cell cycle regulators. Now let's review some different examples. The BCR and ABL gene mutations are due to a chromosome 922 translocation and may result in chronic myelogenous leukemia. The BCL2 gene is due to a 1418 translocation and is associated with follicular and undifferentiated lymphomas. The CCND1 gene is due to an 1114 translocation and is associated with mantle cell lymphomas. CMIC proteins are due to an 814 translocation and are associated with Burkitt's lymphoma. LMIC is due to amplification and is associated with lung tumors. NMIC is due to amplification and is associated with neuroblastoma. ERBB2 is due to amplification and is associated with breast, ovarian, and gastric carcinomas. The CDK4 gene is due to amplification and is associated with melanomas. The RET gene may have a point mutation and is associated with multiple endocrine neoplasias type 2A and B. The CKIP mutation is due to a point mutation and is associated with gastrointestinal stromal tumors, and the RAS gene may be due to a point mutation and is associated with colon carcinoma. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to oncogenes, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 54-year-old male presents to his primary care physician with left upper quadrant pain and early satiety. Upon questioning, he reveals recent fevers and night sweats. Physical exam reveals splenomegaly. A CBC is ordered, which demonstrates a white blood cell count of 30,000 cells, with a normal range between 4,500 and 11,000. A bone marrow aspirate is obtained, which demonstrates a striking increase in the number and percentage of leukocyte precursors. Further testing reveals less than 10% immature blast cells and negative leukocyte alkaline phosphatase stain. Which of the following chromosomal translocations is most likely to be responsible for this patient's syndrome? And the answer choices are choice 1, 814, choice 2, 922, choice 3, 1114, choice 4, 1122, or choice 5, 1418. The best answer to this question is choice 2, 922. This presentation is consistent with the diagnosis of chronic myelogenous leukemia, which carries a 922 BCR ABL translocation known as a Philadelphia chromosome. Chronic myelogenous leukemia is a hematologic cancer caused by uncontrolled proliferation of leukocytes without any defects in precursor cell differentiation. This leads to a slowly developing leukocytosis, 
and is often found while asymptomatic. The most common presenting symptoms are fever, night sweats, and weight loss. The patient may also have splenomegaly from white blood cell congestion. The increased size of the spleen may then press against the stomach, causing loss of appetite and early satiety. The genetic etiology of most cases of CML is a 922 BCR ABL translocation. This translocation creates a constitutively active tyrosine kinase that can be inhibited with drugs such as imatinib. The findings of fever, weight loss, and night sweats in combination with an elevated white blood cell count should immediately raise the differential of hematologic cancer versus infectious or inflammatory leukemoid reactions. The negative leukocyte alkaline phosphatase heavily suggests that the diagnosis is cancer. The bone marrow aspirate shows an increased number of leukocytes, but a normal number of lymphocytes, showing that this is probably a myelogenous leukemia. The findings of less than 10% blasts, as well as the slow progressing nature of this patient's syndrome, makes this more likely to be chronic rather than acute leukemia. After arriving at the diagnosis of CML, the last step is to remember that the etiology is a 922 BCR ABL translocation. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1 814 is a CMIC translocation, characteristic of Burkitt lymphoma, which classically presents with mandibular tumors. Choice 3 1114 is a cyclin D translocation, characteristic of mantle cell lymphoma, a B cell proliferation centered around the mantle zone of germinal centers. Choice 4 1122 is an EWI translocation characteristic of Ewing sarcoma, a bone cancer that presents in children and adolescents. Choice 5. 1418 is a BCL2 translocation, characteristic of follicular lymphoma, a slowly progressive B-cell lymphoma. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 9-year-old boy is brought to the emergency department for flushing, diarrhea, and itching. He is tall for his age, with long and thin limbs and very flexible joints. On physical exam, he appears to have an enlarged thyroid and several small growths are found on his tongue and on his eyelids. Based on clinical suspicion, a biopsy is taken of the enlarged thyroid, and after Congo red staining, there's apple green birefringence under polarized light. Mutation of which of the following genes is most likely responsible for this patient's syndrome? And the answer choices are choice 1, MEN1, choice 2, NMIC, choice 3, NF1, choice 4, RET, or choice 5, TSC1. The best answer to this question is choice 4, the RET gene. This acute presentation is most consistent with medullary thyroid carcinoma in the setting of multiple endocrine neoplasia type 2b. This syndrome is caused by an autosomal dominant mutation in the RET tyrosine kinase oncogene. Flushing, diarrhea, and itching in the setting of a mass is consistent with medullary thyroid carcinomas as well as carcinoid syndrome. These symptoms are the result of calcitonin metabolites that are produced by the neoplastic thyroid parafollicular cells. This diagnosis can be made by the thyroid biopsy demonstrating apple green birefringence under polarized light. 
This finding is pathognomonic of amyloid deposition. The only thyroid mass that has neoplastic cells in an amyloid stroma is medullary thyroid carcinoma. Putting this diagnosis in the context of a larger syndrome requires examination of other findings. The long limbs with flexible joints is suggestive of a marfanoid appearance. This finding, along with mucosal growths, indicates MEN2B syndrome. MEN2B is caused by either an inherited or de novo mutation in the RET oncogene. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. MEN1 is mutated in multiple endocrine neoplasia type 1, which presents with pituitary tumors, pancreatic tumors, and parathyroid adenomas. MEN1 serves as a tumor suppressor and leads to cancer when inactivated. Choice 2. NMIC is associated with neuroblastomas, an abdominal neoplasm of the sympathetic chain of adrenal medulla in children. These tumors can cross the midline and present with opsoclonus myoclonus, or dancing eyes and feet. Choice 3. NF1 is mutated in neurofibromatosis type 1, which can also present with mucosal neuromas. However, NF1 also presents with cafe lace spots and optic gliomas, neither of which are found in this case. Choice 5. TSC1 mutation leads to tuberous sclerosis, which presents with diffuse formation of hamartomas. Classic findings include ash leaf spots and chagrin patches to help with the diagnosis. Finally, a bullet summary. Medullary thyroid carcinoma involves amyloid deposition that is birefringent with Congo red staining. It is often associated with RET mutations and can be part of syndromes involving other endocrine malignancies. Marfanoid features are characteristic of MEN2B. That's all for this review about oncogenes. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.